This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. What's going on, Bible nerds? We're looking at Deborah today, so let's take a closer look. How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm pretty tired, but I'm excited for this. We uh, we had a pretty long weekend. Me and Cullen stayed up, um, for the larger part of about thirty six hours, um, barbecuing. Yeah, so today that we're recording this, it is the Sunday before Memorial Day. Yeah. And Friday night, we put brisket on at 10 p.m. and cooked all night long. Yeah. So, it was great, but... Yeah, the food was delicious, and it's totally worth it. it, You're just tired after the fact. Yeah. (laughs) And I came home last night at... um, like 7.45-ish. Yeah, because I was leaving about that time, so yeah. And by 8 o'clock, I was dead to the world. Yeah. I just crashed. It was crazy. Now, I will say I hadn't slept that good in a long time, but yeah. So, I am excited about this because we're starting our summer series on women. Yep. Um. And women are cool, and Deborah is really cool. Yeah. And so what I want out of this series is, I titled the series Support Ladies, because there's just not enough people who do that. Yeah. There's not enough people who support them. And then... I subtitled the series Empowering Women because throughout Scripture, as you read the narrative, and this week we're going to start on Pints and Perspectives, one of our other podcasts, we're going to be looking at narrative theology and how you track the narrative of Scripture to inform a more robust theology. Right. And... I'm going to take that same approach with this series. I mean, looking at these powerful women in the scriptures, using their stories to empower our women and using their stories to challenge each of us, man and woman alike, how we can be more like these women. Yeah. Um, and Deborah is like the perfect lady to start with. So we're she's a judge. And if you don't remember, we go through the the first five books of the Old Testament. And we have Genesis and then we have Exodus with Moses after the slavery. And then the rest of the Pentateuch is really about Moses and, and that time period. Then we get Joshua who's Moses' successor, we get his story, and then it jumps to Judges. Right. Israel doesn't have a king 
Moses was not king. Joshua was not king. At this time, Israel does not have a king. They are ruled and governed by God. They They are a theocracy, yes. Uh, But you still need a point person. Sure. You still need some kind of representative of the activity of God here on earth. And so they were called judges. Deborah is like number four, I think, from what we're told. Yeah, she's number four. And she's awesome. Yeah. So there's no question she's definitely a woman. Yeah. There are several times the female pronouns used. We're told who her husband is. That she's the wife of what's his name? Yeah, off. Yeah. So that's number one. There's no question that this is not a woman. No, absolutely. Number two. There's also not really any question that there were other qualified men around. Right. Still, the nation of Israel. There are other men around. No, she was specifically chosen by God for this season to do this work. And so chapter four is the the judges go through this systematic kind of pattern, this cyclical thing where there's corruption amongst the Israelites and they disobey and then they turn into conflict. So fighting over their land or with other nations or whatever. So their compromise, their corruption leads them to conflict. And then a new judge will rise up and they'll turn away and get right. And there'll be conflict to get to peace. Right. And Deborah, she's the first one we really get her story. I mean, we get Ehud's story a little bit, but Deborah gets two full chapters devoted to her and her story. Right. And so her story is very much similar to the rest of them, except that we're told the detail of her battle plan. Um, and there is a thing that's unique about Deborah. Number one, she's a woman. She's not a warrior. She's not a soldier. She's not a fighter. Didn't have that history. She's not king, so she's not required to be at battles. When she calls her commander, Barak, and shows up, then she says, hey, I want you to enact this battle plan. And he says, okay, but I want you to come with me. Mm-hmm. And it's in that moment where you see Deborah's heart. She's not required to go. Right. That's not her role. She She's just a judge. She doesn't have to go do this. But she chooses to go. She's selfless. She's like, I know that this is what God wants, and so even though I don't have to do this, I'm gonna. Right. Because it's not all about me. And then they win. Like, it's this massive battle, and there's a really cool story in here about how the the guy they're trying to kill, uh, Sisera, 
leaves and he ends up uh, in another dude's tent with his wife and his wife straight up like just chops his head off <laughs> and then takes it to Barack. It, it's a really cool story. You should read it. And if we had more time, we would cover it. But we don't. Just, just go read Judges 4 and 5. Um, well, five's her song. Yeah, but it's still really good. Well, we're going to talk about her song. Oh, okay. Because it details out what okay. happened. Um, but I love this about Deborah because she did something she didn't have to do. She went above and beyond to enact the will of God. And her song is all about the victory that the Lord has brought. Right. It, it's not about her. I mean, she's mentioned in it. Right. And there's a section in there about her, but there's a section in there about all the people that God used, but it's still God's victory. And I was just thinking about this. If we use victory in a very metaphorical, allegorical sense here, aren't we all waiting on a victory of the Lord? Sure. Are we willing to go above and beyond sacrificing ourselves to assist in that victory? Mm. Victories don't come easily. No. Victories take a little bit of work. Victories take some time. They take some effort, some initiative. And what if the victory we're all waiting on, God says, yeah, but I need you to sacrifice a little bit. I need you to I need you to do something you're not fully comfortable with. I need you to give of yourself a little bit for this victory. And that's what Deborah does. Yeah. And the victory comes and the first line of her song is when locks are long in Israel, when the people offer themselves willingly. Bless the Lord. She identifies right out of the gate that it's the Lord's victory, right? Bless the Lord. But that it came when people were willing to offer themselves. Yeah. That sacrificial element is key to the victory. Sure. You, your victory is not only about you. No. Your victory is proof that God is with you and your battle is about God making you into the person he wants you to be. Sure. So in these battle moments, we need to be looking for God. What are you asking of me? What, what do I need to do to sacrifice a little bit here to look more like Christ? Yeah. So something else, um, is at the end, I don't know if this is where you're going, but um, <clears throat> at the end of it, you give it back to God, right? In worship and in praise, um, like Deborah did here. Yeah, it, it's real cool to ask God for a victory. Mm -hmm. It's not very cool that when he gives it to you, you claim it for yourself. Yep. This is my victory. I did this, right? No. You give it back. This is God's, God's glory. Yeah, this is God's victory. Um, 
That's why I say all the time. Like, anytime I'm in personal trial, I'm like, if there's victory, it's God's victory. It ain't mine. Um, you've got to give that victory back to God. That's absolutely true. So her song, it's broken up into a lot of different pieces, but it it basically tells her story is what it does. So after that first part, she says, Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes, to the Lord I will sing. I will make melody to the Lord, the God of Israel. And so once again, here it's like, this is a praise moment. This is all about God. This is God's victory, and she's praising God for this victory. Yep. But then she begins to tell her story. Lord, when you went out from Sarah, when you marched from the region of Edom, that's back a little bit, skipping down to verse 6, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, that's the last part of chapter 3 of Judges. So we're getting a little bit. And then verse 7, the peasantry prospered in Israel. They grew fat on plunder because you arose, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. When new gods were chosen, then war was in the gates, was shield, yada, yada, yada. It's all her story. And then verse 12 is about Deborah. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake. Utter a song. Arise, Barak. And then it keeps going down. And then at the very end, it's about the woman that actually kills Sisera. Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. He asked water and she gave milk. She chopped his head off. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it plays out. I know. They they don't say that. No. Uh, oh, it says she crushed his head. Um, mm. Oh, she didn't chop his head off. That's right. She, He was laying on the ground, and she spiked him with a tent stake oh, through his yeah, head yeah. into the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That lady's a savage, too. Um, but anyways... Her song tells her story and all the things that have happened. And verse 31 is maybe my favorite verse in all of her story. Even though her story is really cool. Like Stephen King can't make that stuff up about staking somebody with a tent stake through their head into the ground. Yeah. Like that's raw, vivid, like, that's a cool story. Verse 31, so perish all your enemies, O Lord, but may your friends be like the sun as it rises in its might. And the land had rest for 40 years. Look, when you come out of any kind of conflict, you come out of any kind of trial, you want rest. Sure. Deborah's activity, Deborah's devotion and faithfulness to God gave rest to the land for 40 years. An entire generation of people 
had rest. Isn't that what we all want? Aren't you tired of conflict? Yeah. Pretty tired of conflict. Pretty tired of battles. I'm pretty tired of fighting. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some fights worth having. Oh, absolutely. This fight that we're having about trying to make space in the church for women is a fight worth having. Absolutely. Doesn't mean I'm super happy about having to fight it. Oh, absolutely. I'm fighting it because it's important, not because I just want to fight. Well, that's that's the stance that you need to take on most of these things. Yeah. Right? You fight it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, that's with any social justice cause like this. Yeah. Um, and it's never easy. It always sucks. Correct. Because there's people that get hurt in the in the fight. Correct. But you got it. You still got to do it. Also correct. But I can also stand here and say, man, I'd really like some rest. Sure. I'd really like a generation of people to ex- be able to experience rest. Um, Deborah provided that, and it's through her trust in the Lord. It's through her self-sacrifice. It's through all of this combination of things that she finds this unique position where she leads them and they experience rest. This would be my charge to all of us is if you're looking for some rest, Maybe stop thinking about yourself so much. Maybe maybe you're not finding rest because you need to sacrifice a little bit. It's not rest if everybody just conforms to you. If everybody has to just conform to one person, that's not restful. Rest is found in this place where it's this beautiful, artful give and take within relationships that come together to make a whole. If everybody conforms to you, you're not in a healthy relationship that is restful. You're in a dictatorship that everybody's afraid of you. Mm. That's not what you want. You want this beauty of give and take. That that works both ways too. Well, that's what I'm saying is, In order to receive, you have to give. Um, You think about it. If I'm a full person, I can't receive anything else without giving something away. Right. Right. Once the tub's full, the tub's full. You got to take something out in order to put it back in or put something else in. And so, or you're just going to overflow with it. But either way, we all have a capacity that we can't take anything in more until we give something away. We've got to become a people who are self-sacrificing, who are willing to offer themselves for the work of the Lord. That's in relationships, it's in finances, that's in ministry, that's in outreach, evangelism, that's in all the things we do. Anything we touch, it's about this give and take. Your corruption will lead to conflict. Yeah. Self-sacrifice will get you out of conflict.